Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature June Edmonds, a West Coast-based abstract painter that was awarded the AWARE Prize during the 2020 Armory Show in New York City. AWARE, an acronym for Archives Women Artists Research and Exhibitions, is a Paris-based nonprofit that this year debuted an award for a solo exhibition of work by a woman artist. June's work was exhibited by the Luis de Jesus Los Angeles Gallery. She was recognized for a never-seen-before body of work, her new flag paintings. Each flag is associated with the narrative of an African-American, past or present, a current event, or a chapter from American history. Her application of color incorporates an intellectual perspective reflecting on systemic disenfranchisement, emotions, and power. June has participated in several residency programs, has received many grants from well-known organizations, and her paintings are held in collections throughout the United States. It gives me pleasure to highlight AWARE, the gallery for having the courage to present a solo female artist's work at the Armory, and most of all, the talented artist, June Edmonds. Welcome and enjoy this episode. June Edmonds, welcome to my podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's wonderful to be here. You're in uh, good old Los Angeles? I, I sure am. Yes, <laughs> actually in San Pedro, which is a community in Los Angeles, a little bit south, about 20 miles south of Los Angeles. What does it feel like with the virus? Oh, well, it's... um. It's been a long time now, hasn't it? And so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I miss L.A. life. Like, L.A., you know, has has such a vibrant sort of art life. And, and there's just so much to see every single weekend. You know, it, it was getting even difficult to see everything. There was so much going on in LA. And so all of that coming to a stop is, is just sort of incredible. Yes. is it's just incredible. But um, if you're an artist, you know, you're, you're doing your art or if you're a teaching artist, you're doing both. So in a lot of ways, life hasn't changed, you know, as far as the the workload or the busyness of it, but uh, but your surroundings have, you know, and that that's getting 
old for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank, thank goodness the weather, the weather at least is getting better. Right, 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 right. So uh, I'm excited to interview you um, for a number of different reasons. First of all, I want to understand who you are as an artist, but also because this year was the first year that there was an award titled uh, Aware that was uh, that debuted at the Armory. So uh, you won that award. So I'd love for people to get to know you, you know, what inspired you, and then let's talk about um, the award. So... Uh, tell us, how did you, um, when did you discover that you are indeed an artist? <laughs> well, I've always loved art as a child. You know, I, I always drew and loved it. And, and my mom, I think if, it, if she were born at another time, I think she would have been an artist. She took us to museums and uh, I didn't have art in school, not a whole lot of it, but she took us to a couple art centers and and we took art lessons there at those places as a young child. So it was nurtured in us if if that were our if that was our interest, you know. That's good. It's up any other siblings artists? Well, you know, my sister, I have a brother and a sister. My oldest sister is not at all you know and uh but she really loves it and appreciates it my brother is a doctor but he's super creative his both of his kids are artists so i do think it's in the family <laughs> runs in the blood yes so um you're an abstract artist did you ever paint figurative work I did when I first started, you know, I was saying that my mom used to take us to museums when I was 15 years old. There was an exhibition at LACMA, L.A. County Museum of Art, called Two Centuries of uh, Black American Art. And so that was a huge, huge show. And, um, and we had gone to museums before, but I'd never seen images of black people. So I saw, you know, uh, Charles White artwork in person, you know, for the first time, Archibald Motley, you know, so just seeing figures of people that, that look like me or look like family members. I mean, that was just really huge. So uh, I went to college and ended up taking art classes and painting classes. And I really couldn't wait to paint black people to tell you the truth. So, <laughs> That's exciting. That's <laughs> I, you know, I had teach like great, 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 great teachers that did so much for me but one thing that they didn't do was bring any black art into the classroom so I was ready to be the one to bring it in the classroom and did you I did oh yes, good for you absolutely yeah so so you know I just drew people that were around me and if you were sitting around me too long then you would end up on my canvas so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is there any particular artist style that um, drew to you that you think? You yeah, in the very beginning, you know, um, again, uh, Charles White was one of the first artists I was exposed to figuratively, you know, um, but I actually remember having a game when I was maybe 10 years old and the game was called Masterpiece. 
And this game had cards of paintings that were masterpieces. And I would just Mm. stare at these cards. And I remember staring at the Rembrandt and the Picasso and just kind of loving all of it, you know? And so that kind of was a clue to me that, that I might be an artist that I love the abstract and the figurative, but, um, but it was that two centuries of black art that, made me feel that, wow, you know, you can do this and maybe you, you kind of should do this because this is very, me uh, viewing these paintings is super important to me. I'm identifying this as a young person. So uh, it's very important to be an artist that, that supplies those images. So uh, even in LA back then, we would have these sort of more commercial shows and exhibitions and Varnett Honeywood would go to all of those shows and I loved her work and I had postcards of hers in my studio, in my college. I went to San Diego State uh, as well as look uh, arts, artworks by Impressionists, really post-Impressionists. Yeah, and, um, you know, I liked love really David Hockney at that time as well. So those were the artists that were informing my art, Jacob Lawrence, Romare Bearden, you know, so those guys. And your love of color. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, so when you, so when one looks back, even at the art that I just mentioned, it's like the post-impressionist, that's what I I adored about their work, you know, so my aunt lives in Washington, D.C., and I remember visiting her in, uh, well, when I was 19 years old, and and so I went to the National Gallery. It was just amazing to be able to go into these galleries, and they were free, <laughs> and so, you know, I went to all of them, but there was a big show of post-impressionist artwork, and I just remember how that artwork affected me as well and how the color, you know, of Van Gogh and um, uh, Monet and Gauguin and Bonnard. I just remember, and Matisse, and how those colors affected me and just being just so mesmerized with that magic and wanting to create that myself, you know. But Romare, Romare Bearden, uh, is, I think, just an amazing colorist. And, and of course, what Jacob Lawrence does with color, Varnett Honeywood, what she does with color. And, and uh, even I was, I was very moved by the color usage of that uh, Archibald Motley, you know, used at that time as well. So the color just always affected me whatever I was looking at. I'm looking at your your paintings of the flags, um, and I'm envisioning those colors because those colors are they're colorful works, but they're they're dark colors. Right, um, right. So let's let's talk about the armory because it's all connected to the flag series. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to talk about your time in uh, Skowhegan, uh, okay. how you enjoyed that. So you won an award that was given by AWARE, and I'm going to state what it stands for, is 
Archives of Women Artists Research and Exhibitions. And that award you received this year, it was a, a debut for this award at the Armory. So tell us about working with uh, Luis de Jesus Gallery in Los Angeles and how you ended up, fast forward, winning the surprise at the Armory this year. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to try to be organized in my answer. Since I wasn't? Since I wasn't? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But I, I want to answer as fully as I can, you know, and uh, I I have been with Luis de Jesus, uh, Los Angeles, uh, for about a year and a half now. And how we met is I had received a grant with the city of LA, and that grant is called COLA. And so at the end of the grant cycle, if you will, you have an exhibition at the Municipal Art Gallery, which is which is this huge highlight. I feel really bad this year that they're not having that exhibition, you know, because of COVID. But Luis came to that show and uh, I guess saw my artwork. He got there kind of earlier than I did. And uh, and so the director who is Isabel Luteroff, you know, as soon as I walk in, it's 2.15. She says, June, Luis de Jesus is here and he wants to meet you. I was like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> that's great. So, so that's, that's how we met. And, and he liked uh, the, the artwork that I had done in that year for that grant. You know, I had some huge abstracts and I had one flag. And so I painted that flag super reluctantly because this idea came to me and it was so different than, than what I was doing at the time. I was like, well, should I paint this? Should I wait? Uh, does it work with the other painting I'm doing? And I ended up answering yes to all of those questions. Mm -hmm. So he saw the flag and, and loved it. And said immediately that he wanted to uh, purchase it and have a show with my artwork. And, and so just, you know, this super enthusiastic, wonderful, you know, wonderful response uh, that I got from Luis. And, and he called his partner, he called Jay, and Jay came up an hour later and was looking at the paintings and and that's how how we got together and and so i had a show with him the following year which was 2019 and then after that show they uh applied to go to the armory you know with my work and i think with somebody else's work as well so um the armory was coming up you know it's now it's sort of december 2019 and i heard from louise he's like oh, you know, we were nominated for this prize, this AWARE prize. So it's like you're one of five people. And that just, you know, that was really wonderful. I mean, I was just thrilled to be going to the armory. I was, that was really enough, you know, that I was going to be in this exhibition. At the, that was really enough. And it's a, it's a Paris-based 
organization, right? Which I yes. find interesting. Right. And so, and so that nomination from this Paris, you know, so, you know, you just, you really sort of visualize sort of this distance and, and sort of being this one of five in your mind. And, it, and it's just such a huge honor, you know, like the director, Camille Marano, she, you know, was a, a uh, curator at uh, the Pompidou, you know, so these, you know, these are a group of people that, that have this mission that is just so all, all, just so everything to me. And it's what I'm about, you know, so when I, when I uh, found out about that, and like I said, it was really enough to be nominated, you know, when you hear people say that you just kind of roll your eyes, but it was just really enough to be nominated. You know, I looked them up and, you know, they have an amazing website and, and I'm also a teaching artist and, and I found so much value in that website. So it was, it was wonderful to meet Camille and, and say that to her and, and her say back to me, well, this is why we do what we're doing. So it's, it's a huge honor, you know, in just so many ways. So what inspired that body of work, the, the, the flag series? Yeah. You know, so it was inspired by a residency that I did in 2017. So like a lot, <laughs> a lot kind of happened in 2017. I got that grant uh, from the city. And then at the beginning of the year, I went on a residency to Paducah, Kentucky, <laughs> uh, that is um, run by Alonzo Davis, who used to run the Brotman Gallery here in LA. Well, he, he purchased some property out there, you know, maybe a decade or so ago and created a uh, residency. So it's a wonderful space. And I was, it was like wonderful to be there because of the history of who owned it as well. But it's a wonderful space, but it's in the South and I'm from LA and I don't know anything about the South. <laughs> <laughs> I just have all the ideas that I've gathered about the South my whole life. <laughs> and I'm over 50. So I have so many ideas about <laughs> about what the South is. And, and, you know, in 2016, when I applied for this residency, it seemed like a good idea. You know, we had a black president, you know, let's, let's do this. I'm going to, but then um, 2017, November occurred and uh, we have a new president and now the South is, is a whole nother idea. And so, um, so that was, that was really something. And so it just had me thinking about just sort of this retro, you know, mentality that the country was, was sort of starting its path on, you know, oh, I should say openly retro, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I don't believe any of these ideas are new, you know, I don't think any of us mm -hmm. believe any of them. So anyway, um, the thought of being in Kentucky ended up uh, taking a 300 and, you know, 180 degree turn and, 
and I was concerned, you know. And I remember being at a party and a friend joked, well, at least she'll be two blocks away from the Ohio River. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like blocks away from the Ohio River, but it 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 had me just sort of thinking about what the terrain was at like a hundred years ago and, and what it was like there, you know, actually all that time ago. So I just started really sort of studying that and learned that uh, Margaret Garner, the enslaved woman, that um, beloved is sort of a fictionalized version of, uh, was in that area in Kentucky. And, you know, so I, I had always been sort of interested in, uh, in, you know, reconstruction and, you know, just sort of that period of time of slavery. And I just really sort of delved and studied more about that when I was in Kentucky. So um, also, I took a road trip and I went to Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, it's not like here in California. In California, we have interstates just all over the place. You just walk 10 blocks and hit an interstate. You know what I'm saying? So um, the freeways in the South, I learned, were, were very different. And they were two-lane roads. And then they went through city, towns, and, you know, stoplights and all that. And so, you know, Driving from Paducah to Memphis was about three hours. And at one point we were driving on one of these two lane highways and and looked up a hill and saw a Confederate flag like Mm -hmm. as big as my, you know, (laughs) kitchen and dining room put together, you know. So so I just was, uh, you know alarmed by that thinking oh we cannot have a flat tire you know (laughs) (laughs) we've got to make it to our destination (laughs) and so just what you know so you just subconsciously and I feel subconsciously am thinking and thinking about sort of that message sort of you placing this flag on the top of the hill to communicate what exactly to us, you know? And, um, and so it's a patriotism, you know, uh, that, that, that collective of people have an agreement on, you know, and an understanding about. So, um, you know, I think about, Barack Obama, you know, when he was first running for president, they, you know, they got, he and Michelle got so much criticism about them not being, you know, patriot enough, if you will. Or, and so that, I think, is always the first thing that's sort of taken away from African-Americans is, is, our we're always accused of being non-patriotic and i just think if you think about it african-american patriotism is some of the most committed patriotism 
that ever existed. And we could go back to, you know, uh, antebellum slavery and see so many examples of that. It was African-Americans that was calling America to be true to who it says it, it is, you know, so I, I just find all of that very ironic. So, so um, I think that my mind, you know, was just sort of thinking about this really subconsciously because at one, at one point I had a dream about flags. I had a dream about black flags and somehow I understood them to be American flags and, and there were four of them. And I just thought that the symbolism was just so, um, so evident that I should just probably just do a painting about it. And so I did, but I really, the, the vision was about a series of these flags. So that's how that started. And comment about the titles of the flags. Yeah, you know, so when one thinks about sort of patriotism and one thinks about people that sort of gave their life for civil rights, for democracy, you know, et cetera. It's a whole lot of people, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a movement of people, a collective of people, and there's names that we know. And then there's all these names that we don't know that, that were the engine of, of moving us and moving us forward and, and, and moving us forward again. And so that's who the name, the flags are named after, you know, so, you know, so, so they might be named after a slave, you know, that, that fought uh, in the, in the war, you know, in the civil war, it might be, you know, a journalist who was writing about, you know, um, uh, Jim Crow, you know, it, it might be, you know, uh, a politician, you know, so I have a, a couple flags that are named, you know, one is un, unbought and unbossed, you know, so of course we know who, who that one is for. Touching. And I'm glad to see that you were uh, recognized um, for that body of work at, at the Armory. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. So you spent time, it sounds like you've spent a decent amount of time on the, on the, on the East Coast. So Skowhegan. Yes. Share with us what that experience was like. Were you a young adult or a little longer? Yeah, older I was a very young adult. So I had just graduated. So I was sort of in between uh, uh, undergrad and grad school. And so I got a scholarship. So I, I won, won that in my undergrad and so, um, so it was amazing. It was really amazing. So you had a studio and you shared your studio with five or six other people. And, and so our studio was great. And there were uh, resident artists and 
uh, a few of the red resident artists resident artists was an artist by the name of William King. He was a sculptor, a great, great guy, uh, Jake Bertel. Uh, he was out of New York, um, painter. He's amazing. Uh, George McNeil, uh, you know, so some of those guys were the residents. And that year we had a, a great list of visiting artists as well. We had Louise Nevelson come. We had uh, Frank Stella come. And then we had David Hockney come as well. So when the visiting artists came, what the artists would do, and there were about 60, 65 of us, we would take a painting into uh, the barn. The barn was this big barn. It was a big building, and we all put our paintings up. And so the visiting artists would go around and just sort of critique the work. So um, one time, you know, uh, it was Frank Stella, you know, who was there. He came up. He came up with his red Ferrari, honey. So he was up there. <laughs> and gave the critique, got in his Ferrari and went back to New York. And, and um, he, he just spoke really quickly, was super critical, you know, spent about 10 seconds on everybody basically saying, nope, 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 yep, nope, 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 yep, you know. So you were just sitting there at the edge of your feet to see if you got his blessing or not, and you most likely didn't. But, you know, I got a good comment out of him, so I was very proud of that. That's good. And um, and David Hockney, he was the opposite, where he was just the sweetest, sweetest guy and wanted, you know, just didn't want to rush, you know, and talk about anybody's work. He didn't want to rush it, you know, out of respect to the artist. But but what happened was he only talked to like three people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Right, right. The opposite, right? You know, but I mean, we we absolutely learned from what he said to those three people. So, so it was it was it was amazing, just an amazing experience. Yeah, it's great that you have it. I tell you, it's um, I just get excited just listening. This has <laughs> been a great conversation. So, um, we could probably go on and on and on, but I'm not supposed to. Um, <laughs> So, with everything you've learned and all the experiences you've had and all the influences you've had, um, what do you feel your role is as an artist? You know, I, I just know what art does for me, you know, and I just want to be able to do that. I want to do what the artists that I just really look up to do for me and their work for me represents truth. So I'd love my art to represent that as well. It touches a part of me that nothing else does, you know, uh, a part of my soul, a part of my spirit. So if, if my art could do that, I, I will be very, very happy. 
Yeah, the humanitarian side of artists. I love it. Mm-hmm. You guys keep us smiling and thinking and help us keep our sanity. Certainly, you guys certainly are helping me during this period of time, during this lockdown. Oh, my God. Thank <laughs> you. And yeah, these artists are seeing me through, too. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. Thank you so much, June. Um, I will be posting several links to um, so readers can review details about you and the award. And I appreciate your time. Stay safe. Thank you so much. And you as well. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram. Mm -hmm.